Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. While we were talking about short-term rentals and housing just before the break, what about the idea of 3D printing homes? Could this be beneficial? Would this help tackle the housing affordability and availability in BC? Well, joining us now is Ian Commission, President of 20 Additive Manufacturing, and uh, here to talk more about that. Thank you so much for, for your time this morning. Uh, good morning. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh, what uh, do we need to know or what should we be focusing on when we're looking at this potential and 3D printing homes? Well, the first thing that makes uh, 3D printing very different than what people are used to seeing in, in British Columbia right now is, is, of course, that we're 3D printing concrete. And obviously, with the uh, fire situation that's going on through the province right now, um, homes that are built up out of materials that have a lower ignition um, potential is, uh, I think, going to be the, the way of the future, to be honest. These, these uh, floating embers that are going through the air, you know, landing on, on homes that have um, vinyl siding or, you know, cedar uh, shingles, things like this, they, they tend to uh, light up much quicker. Whereas using a, a concrete product obviously offers quite a bit more resistance to that type of um, asset loss. Mm, so, uh, so a better type of material or a more uh, resistant material. What does it do, though, as, as far as uh, uh, cost and the time it takes to build a house? So currently 3D printing is approximately about the same or maybe about 15 to 20% less expensive than building using conventional structures in, uh, in British Columbia. Uh, I think that's partially because we're still at the beginning and there's there's a lot to be learned. Uh, you know, a lot of the co-contractors are not quite used to, to working around 3D printed components. So um, as time goes on and, and the skills build in the other trades, such as electrical and plumbing and, and how they coordinate their efforts with the 3D printer, uh, those costs can even start coming down uh, significantly uh, uh, more. Uh, but beyond that, the time to produce, produce a printed house is a fraction of what conventional construction is. You know, we can, once we have the slab, we can actually erect a structure, a livable structure, in 24 to 48 hours um, uh, before the uh, you know the roofing elements and everything else goes on. So this is very um, very fast in comparison to regular uh, stick frame construction, which could take you know three to four months to accomplish that same uh, same achievement as far as the, the build process goes. Hmm. And and then I would imagine too that so the 3D printing and that part of the building, but then we're still talking about or or the need for tradespeople when it comes to to finishing and uh, things like electrical and all of the other uh, things that a home would still need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the best way to sort of look at the what 3D printing offers is 3D printing is basically the same thing as a very large cinder block. So all of the other trades that exist on say a cinder block structure are still going to exist in the 3D printed structure. Uh, the big difference is, of course, uh, we can program the robot to leave openings and um, access for you know your your machine room and all of your sort of runs for electrical and plumbing in a way that uh, conventional cinder block um, makes much more difficult. And does it matter the size of the home or is there a, a size that works better for 3D printing? 
Definitely, there, there are some limitations. Currently, most structures worldwide are still only one story. Uh, uh, the way that we've done two-story buildings is by 3D printing the second floor on the ground and then using craning elements to, to lift it to the second floor for assembly. Um, the reason being is that the machinery is, has to be as big as a house. And so, you know, having the, the equipment need to be set up on site, um, it's much, much faster if we're just towing up one of our um, 3D printers for single-story structures. We can be set up in about 30 minutes but if you're going to be trying to 3d print a, a second story or a third story now the size of these printers may take two to three weeks of, of uh, setup and tear down so it's a significantly different operation when you're looking at larger buildings hmm. and i understand as well so that was it the first 3d printed home in canada was was here in bc about three years ago has much changed since then or is that kind of the prototype yeah it's it's been a little bit slow to catch on in Canada. Um, just to be clear, our core competence is, is building the machinery itself. So when we 3D printed that house here in Nelson, the goal was to sort of showcase what the capabilities of the technology is. Uh, and we focus our energy mostly on on helping people who are looking to get machines um, into their uh, toolbox. But the uh, the I'd say the uptake of 3D printed houses in Canada is very slow compared to the United States or Europe or, uh, you know, we're doing quite a lot in Japan and Saudi Arabia and other parts of the world. And uh, there just seems to be more of a conservatism towards construction in Canada. And why do you think that is? Um, people don't like change. In all honesty, I think that, that there's a, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it type attitude in, in construction. Um, but, but the reality is we can see that, that climate change is showing that there is something broken in the way we construct homes right now. So this is a great opportunity for 3D printed concrete to, to really uh, push into the, the Canadian landscape, I'd say, in the next couple of years. And like you said, there are other countries, uh, Japan, other countries, where it seems like they've really embraced the technology uh, a lot faster. Well, I mean, it's a pretty rare situation that we have in British Columbia where 95% of our uh, province is crown land and it's predominantly covered in, in forest. So our access to cheap, if not uh, free lumber has, I think, changed the, the, the market conditions. That, that's not really fair to the rest of the, of the planet um, when, when you're comparing apples to apples. But the, um, the reality is the, these forests are burning down and we, we need them to capture carbon and, and to not be uh, cut down for houses. I think that's the... I think that's what we're going to see going forward. You know, if if, if trees have to, to come down, it's going to be because of fire, not because we need to keep making these massive clear cuts all over these small towns around BC. Hmm. And uh, and so do you see that then kind of uh, the way forward? And, and certainly we're dealing with wildfires right now and talking about uh, a state of emergency in this province. Does that kind of, do you think, open the door to talking more about this and this kind of technology? Uh, absolutely. Um, so we're in communication with the fire commissioner of British Columbia and we're hoping to help develop some different techniques for people to shore up um, their homes or to, if they're going to be doing um, any types of renovations that they might be able to have some more fire resistant facades or paneling using 3D printing techniques. Uh, we're working with um, UBC. I'm sure some of your listeners will know that uh, concrete is still a fairly major contributor to the CO2 emissions that, that humans are putting into the atmosphere. Sphere. So uh, developing mixes that are lower CO2 contributors uh, is also, you know, a very important um, science that, that the material science lab at UBC is working on. Uh, there's there's definitely a few more things to, let's say, I's to dot and T's to cross before it's going to become widespread technology. But we're very, very close and, and it's pretty exciting to be involved in it. Ian Commission, thank you so much. Uh, very interesting stuff. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's my pleasure to be on the show. Thank you.